Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilty. I'm Tracy Mooney. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Quilt and Tell. As promised, we have something special in store for you today. I am coming to you live from the library at the Slate Hotel in Denver. We have a room full of quilters with us, and our special guests are Sarah Gallegos and Angela Huffman from the PBS show Love of Quilting. Lori and Ginger couldn't be with us on location today, but they are they will be here next time. I know you are all missing them. I am too. I can't wait to catch up with them next time and see what they've been up to. You can follow them both on Instagram. Feel free to send them notes there. And you can find our Instagram handles in the show notes. We'd love for you to follow us. Are you all ready to chat with Angela and Sarah? Let's go. Today in Open Studios, we have not one, but two special guests. You all know Sarah Gallegos and Angela Huffman from the PBS series Love of Quilting. And in addition to their hosting duos, Sarah is the co-owner of Decorative Stitch in Michigan, and Angela is the owner of Quilted Joy in Kentucky. They join me today to talk all things quilty. Welcome to the show. Hi, Tracy. <laughs> Thanks for having us. <laughs> we are so excited. Well, I'm so excited to have you here. Yeah. So you are here in Denver. This is a little bit different than your usual trip. Right. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's kind of special, though. You know, it's the time to get together again with other quilters and just enjoy the art making of, of quilting. It's yeah. nice. So you're both here at doing an event where um, quilters have come to learn two quilts. Usually we're teaching to our camera crew, but this week we're yeah. teaching in person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yay. Yeah. So um, how is it different teaching the quilts in person as versus on TV? Interaction. I know if I'm doing a good job, <laughs> other than to Angela letting me know, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's always nice to see the the you know light bulb go off over mm -hmm. someone's head mm -hmm. as they connect the dots. That's kind of addicting, actually. I really enjoy it. I enjoy that as well. Yeah, yeah. Sarah, do you do much teaching? I teach a lot. I teach a lot at the store, so it's it's definitely my passion. Um, but it's really nice to be here showing one of my favorite quilts from the show to a group of new friends and teach curved piecing, of all things. Ooh, I love curved piecing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I usually start, you know, you've both been on the show. You've been guests, but I kind of want to just revisit things. So how did you both start quilting? You want to go first, Angela? Um, sure. So I um, took a quilting class to meet men when I was in my 20s because I didn't want to meet men in bars. And so I wanted... That, that seems counterintuitive. Yeah, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. No, I, I thought Maybe I would, sons of other quilters. Maybe mm. so, yeah. No, I, I thought, oh, I'll take an adult education class and I'll meet men in an adult education class. But the only class that interested me was a quilting class. And there were no men in But I learned how to quilt, so there you go. And an addic addiction happened. It did. Oh so what about you, Sarah? I definitely grew up in the biz, so to speak. So I, I started sewing and learning to sew and actually teaching my friends when I was four and um, four age and all of that. I know, right? And then um, my mom opened up a quilt shop when I was out of college, and I, I didn't have a ton of interest in um, being a part of her shop, but I was really fascinated by what she was doing and proud of what she was doing and walked in one day and said, you need a quilt. 
And so I dug through the bin of patterns from the fabric manufacturers and picked a Bargello and decided that would be my first quilt. And oh my gosh. Just kind of haven't stopped since. <laughs> wow. I actually also um, wanted to learn how to quilt from the time I was four. So yeah. I don't know what it is. I think it's just sort of like a seed that gets planted in yeah. you when you're born. <laughs> little Barbie doll blankets, right? Yeah. And I was showing my friends how to do that. And then it wasn't cool for a while and yeah. got back into it in college again. I think, do you remember fashion plates? Do you remember yes, those? Yes, yeah, I love so those. So you could put the blouse <laughs> with the pants mm-hmm. and then um, you could put paper and kind of trace it with crayon. And so that was what I did as a kid was more like fashion plates. And mm-hmm. then my friend and I, we had, um, you know, a fake telephone and we get an order for 10 pantsuits and then we'd have to make 10 <laughs> pantsuits. And, That's brilliant. You know, six were red and four were blue and then we'd have to type up the invoice. And so that's what kind of nerd I was, was I had go. my imaginary so business in the treehouse. You had an imaginary store when you were a kid. I, did. I we love even, it. We even took a manual typewriter and carried it up into the treehouse, which was a good three wow. stories off the ground. So we were determined, but that was, you know, one day I would be the person answering the phone and she would be the person making the pantsuits. And then the next day we'd flip. We made a lot of pantsuits. <laughs> I loved that toy. That was one of my favorites when I was a kid. So I I can relate actually to both of you. So do fans come to your stores and visit? Quite a lot. It's uh, we we do underwrite the show in the Detroit markets. um, So people get to see and hear us on the commercials of the show, which definitely helps to draw people in. And I love it. It, They're so excited to come in Saturdays. I love to work Saturdays because we air on Saturdays. So a lot of times people come in after that and get to meet meet our other quilters and see what they're working on. Yeah. And and really what's even cooler in my mind is when I see someone who has posted a quilt of mine, they've made it in their own colorway with their own spin. And like, there's no greater compliment really to, to me to see someone else take a design that I, you know, loved and worked on. And then they recreated in their own colorways with their own. It's just, that's, that's the coolest thing. Yeah. And I think that for me, what I love about it is, interacting more in person with people because they come in and tell me, you're my release. You're my outlet. I love watching you on Saturdays and waking up with you and and just having my creative head out of mind kind of space time um, to myself because a lot of quilters are going through other things in life and this is their hobby and their escape. And it's nice that they come in and share those stories too. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I I, I get a little bit of that as well with the podcast. And so a lot of our, our listeners will write in and they'll tell us stories Mm-hmm. Um, they've even, they've even noticed if I'm not feeling well this year, oh, I got yeah? shingles and someone yeah. wrote to me and said, I could tell what was wrong. Like you were too quiet. Aww, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's amazing when you connect with someone that you don't even know right. and, and they feel like they know you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The community of quilters is just so phenomenal. So they're just nice people at heart. So it's, it's nice true. to see them in person. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So what do people not know about what it's like shooting Love of Quilting TV? What do people not know? Um, I think that probably what surprises people is the amount of prep work that goes into it. I think that's one of the biggest things. Um, And the the pace at which we keep. <laughs> so when we're taping, we're there for a week and we're doing a full season in a week. So it's a pretty, pretty fast paced environment. And you have to really have all of the projects stepped out. We make, you know, basically a quilt and a half to teach how to make the quilt. Right. So you got to finish in about mm-hmm. half. Um, 
and 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 I and also just that Angela and I are like really actually are good friends. Yeah. <laughs> we're having yeah. fun because we're having fun. <laughs> yeah, and it's nice too because um, Sarah's so good on camera, and she's just a rock. And so if I get flustered because you know I, I can't. Like, I think I have the pace of the show figured out, but there's a step missing. Sarah immediately is like, oh, yeah, this is we need to do this first and then this. I'm like, oh, you know, why didn't I think of that? So she's she's wonderful to lean on mm-hmm. in the show. That's sweet. <laughs> I think maybe also people don't know that you actually film the episode straight through. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot of cutting and chopping. It's kind of we do a quick run through. We talk through it together and then we talk through it with the crew and then you start to finish 22 minutes. Got to be done. (laughs) Yeah. And there's a lot of things happening because you've got the producer in your ear. We wear a little earpiece. So the producer is saying things like, you know, move your hand to the right because we're blocking a shot or something. And then, of course, you're trying to speak English in full sentences and carry on a conversation with the other person. You're also watching clocks in front of you to make sure that you know the time that you have left to fill. You're worried about the pacing of the show to make sure you hit all the lessons you need to hit. Um, And you're trying not to say certain words like you can't use brand products like a Mm -hmm. Sharpie. So instead of a Sharpie, we have to say permanent marker. And so there's all of this stuff happening in your head at the same time you're trying to be, you know, laid back and make a quilt. This and is keep a smile on your face. <laughs> yeah, keep a smile on your face. Every once in a while, I get a note in my ear like, Sarah, you have concentration face. Keep a smile. <laughs> I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> you oh, look gosh. like you're thinking. I am. Let me try yeah. and hide it. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, we're pretty exhausted. It's tiring. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I don't know how you do it. I did one episode. Yeah. Which was la- fun. It was lots of fun. Mm-hmm. And I finished the episode and... I had no idea what I had said right. the whole mm-hmm. time. Um, and when I was actually afraid to watch the episode when it came on TV yeah. and sat down and watched it before, like by myself, yep. no one else in the, in the house because I was terrified. I just thought, oh, I don't want them to see it if I look terrible. And I watched the playback and went, wow, you know a lot of things. (laughs) And I did it all and it made sense and it's crazy. You do know a lot of things, Tracy. But also the crew that works on the show and the editing and the camera work. I mean, the crew that that we lean on – they are so good, and they For make sure. us look good, even if Shout we've... out to Vanessa. Yes, our producer. <laughs> sure. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah. she yeah. is amazing. And I always try with guests to make sure that I really have your steps down and, like, good questions to ask to fill time, because I do know that when you're on as a guest, it's, like, it's a whirlwind, and it's scary, and you're not sure what's going on. And so we're always there trying to make sure that we are keeping you on track and that mm-hmm. you do look good, <laughs> and you are happy with the end result. <laughs> so, so I have a question. Sarah, do you watch the episodes... When they come out, do you watch them? Not always. Yeah, I it, my anxiety just yeah. takes over. I can't. It's terrifying. Yeah, it it's is scary. It is because yeah. in the whole time, I I also know what was playing in my head the whole time. Yeah. During the recording of it, mm-hmm. and I I'm my own worst through. critic, and so I just I can't watch it. Yeah, I I like to watch some. I like to make sure that I've noticed that. Um, Working with this crew and with crews I worked with in the past, that the more familiar I become with people, the more comfortable I get a little bit lazier in my speech and start, you know, kind of relaxing a little bit more than maybe I would for TV. So I do like to watch and make sure I'm not picking up some sort of a weird (laughs) nervous tick or leaning on the cutting table as I sometimes (laughs) have a tendency to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I do. And I also watch to see what did I wear last season? So I don't repeat again. Oh, good point. (laughs) 
But I so I, I do like to watch a little bit with an objective eye to to see what I can do better. Um, mm-hmm. But it is hard. And people do write in about your outfits. Yeah. Oh, they write in about everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah everything. I will say though, I did watch the um, the one that we did that was the Kentucky Kentucky Derby quilt. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had lots of chatter about festivals in Michigan and things in Kentucky. And I did watch that one and thoroughly enjoyed. I think that was one of our best episodes because I just enjoy learning more about Sarah's world. And, you know, we're quilting, but we're also chatting. And yeah. so that one I, I really did enjoy watching back. But I generally don't watch them, you know. I get a ton of feedback from that people that come in and tell me how much they love that episode and also can't they get a quilt? Can't yeah. they get a kit? A kit. <laughs> like, oh, the fabric's yeah. gone. Yeah. 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 You're gonna have to make it in a different colorway. Exactly, mm-hmm. Angela. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe yeah. that'll be one of my remakes. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. <laughs> Do you ever want to make quilts that the other person designed? Right the second. I want to go into Sarah's room that she's teaching in and make her pickle dish mm-hmm. right the second. It's got yeah. all those bright colors that I love too. Yeah. So what quilts are you teaching so the people at home know? I'm doing my pickled pink, which is a pickle dish block and one of my favorites. And I'm doing uh, Blue Ridge Love. Mm-hmm. So that was a king size and we're doing it as a wall hanging here. Mm, fun. Yeah. Did you both get to pick the quilts that you did or were they chosen for you? Based we, on I think we else? got like some suggestions and we sent in some, some suggestions and just kind of decided on what we all liked the most. So I think Vanessa actually helped me pick Pickle Dish. Mm-hmm. So, And this is one of my favorite quilts from the show and something that we can get somewhat close to done with, you know, in a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, and what's nice too is the two quilts have very different techniques. Yeah. So that um, the quilters who've joined us here can really have a little sampling of different techniques between the two rooms. Yeah. Have you learned anything? I know you you just got here and you've only just been teaching today, but um, it, have you learned anything yet from the students? Because I find when I teach, I I always learn something that I didn't know or didn't think about when I was prepping. Right. I always learn some new technique and I always learn how I can explain things better and things that people aren't as comfortable with that we could come up with new solutions for together, uh, especially since we're doing curved piecing. <laughs> so I think that that's been my biggest lesson so far today because my students have all been so focused on what they're doing. <laughs> They've been quiet. Your room's been chatty, hasn't it? Yeah, I heard that we've been a chatty talking room. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've been talking a lot. Mine's we've been getting focused. work done, though. But yeah. yeah, we've been talking. We've been doing a lot of template cutting and mm-hmm. curved piecing, mm-hmm. so it's been serious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so are they paper piecing? We are paper piecing, actually. Mm-hmm. Yep, so we're doing templates and paper piecing. Wow. And we took a delectable mountains block, mm-hmm. which naturally comes out to be a rectangle, and through a little wizardry, it we make it into a square, <gasps> and that way we can spin it. And it makes a really kind of interesting pinwheely thing. I know this trick. Yeah, so it's Blue Ridge Love. You can, <laughs> it's a really cool yeah. trick. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's a very cool. Yeah, it, and so we're doing that, and then we're doing a an hourglass block on the outside border that kind of disappears into the outside border fabric, so it floats. So fun things. That is fun. Yeah. All right. So, um, is there any? Thing that has happened behind the scenes of the show that has been particularly funny to you both? 
Uh, well, there was the time I left my mark on the Iowa Public Television studio floor when I tipped the iron over and melted the carpet. Oh, that was no. special. <laughs> uh, we didn't have any iron cleaners. So they got out salt, and then we had salt all over the set from the iron. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was pretty good. The salt was everywhere. <laughs> but still, you don't think. and brushing like, salt off. <laughs> like, I know how to get fusible web off of an iron, but... Carpet. Carpet off of an iron isn't something you normally come across. No. When we left that that set, they cut that portion of the carpet out, and everybody on the crew signed it for me as like a a a gift. gift. It was was one of the coolest gifts I've gotten. (laughs) What did you do with that? I still have it. It's like shit frame it. I look at it and go, what should I do with this? But yeah, it's just such a fun memory. You should frame it and hang Mm -hmm. it in the shop. Seriously. Yep. I left my mark. You left your mark. <laughs> and how hard do you find it to have, you know, to keep a conversation going when you've got someone talking in your ear? Um, not bad. I don't think it's bad. Do you? Every once in a while, I can't quite hear what she says to me in my ear, yeah. and there's no good way to communicate to her. I didn't hear you. Mm. Um, you need to have like a signal, like you pull your ear. Yeah, you know, right? your nose itch my or... nose, something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's not bad because uh, they're really, really sparse with the comments. It's like only if they really need to say something to us will Vanessa pop in there. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think I I have the ability to have three separate conversations going at one time. So, for me, you know, having all of those simultaneous talking to Sarah lessons clock, like it's okay. It's when other layers start getting on top of that, like a producer in my ear, that I tend to stumble a minute or two. But she only is in our ear if something is really off that we yeah. gotta fix. Mm-hmm. That's got to be tricky. Yeah. (laughs) And I can imagine that a lot of people are listening and and thinking, I can't possibly do all those things. Well, try it. So when nobody's around (laughs) and you're in your sewing room, Mm -hmm. just verbalize. And now we're going to make a half square triangle. So I take and and like walk (laughs) through it out loud Mm -hmm. and try to do it without, um, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. it it is very difficult. And then time yourself. And then time yourself. And then time yourself. Time yourself. But I, I mean, you know, we're just so blessed. We're so blessed that we have the show, that we can, you know, enjoy time with each other on the set and enjoy a community of quilters who loves and supports us. So, yeah, a tough day, a tough day on the job for us is better than good days on the mm-hmm. job for a lot of people. So yeah. every single day, I'm grateful and fortunate for the job I have. For sure. Yep. Yeah. Do you go through and write notes or your own script before you show up at the studio? Or do you just kind of map out in your head? When I'm plotting out my step outs, I like to take notes on what are the traps? You know, what are the Mm -hmm. things that I had to really be careful of or a tool that I felt was handy? And a lot of times we make the quilt, you know, six to eight months before it's even on the show. So I have to remake the block to kind of relearn those lessons. And then I do keep notes. And maybe I'll think of a little quip I want to tell or a question I want to ask Angela. But mostly it's unscripted. We have like an outline in our minds. Yeah, definitely have an outline. And for yeah. some shows, I may have a more detailed outline than others. When I first started, I will say that I did actually write everything out on the plane on the way there. I would type mm-hmm. everything out just so that I felt like I knew what the flow was going to be. And I knew it was going to work in the time frame we were given because um, I was so nervous. But at this point, I feel like I can do the same thing with a, a nice outline. I don't have to write out every word. Yeah. And for me, um, when I very first started 
being on TV specifically, and I've done a lot of videos along the way, I worked with a really great TV host that taught me how to kind of think on my feet and come up with those ideas in my mind and and not have to rely on a script, which I think has taken me further with video work to be able to just to kind of organize thoughts in my mind, get it out in good words and feel confident about what I'm saying and like I'm speaking intelligently. <laughs> they do have a teleprompter though for the opening. Um, it's the T's. And so that is scripted and we don't have to write that. Um, Vanessa, the producer writes mm-hmm. that. And so that's nice because yeah. we just read it off. So it, the tease is the opening segment opening. where you kind of tell what. Right. And we do that at the end. So we'll do the, the body of the show first mm-hmm. and then we kind of break and we do some photos of the set and um, what's called B roll. So they'll pick up some, you know, shots. Maybe they didn't get a, great shot of a finger on a seam or something like that. Mm -hmm. And while all that's happening, then the producer is in the back writing that, I don't know, 30 second, 20 second intro, the tease, and then they put it on the teleprompter and then we read it cold. And that way she can make sure that it fits the content. So I think she's kind of got an idea in her mind of what the tease is going to be. But sometimes we tell her what we're going to teach and then we show up and do the segment and it turns out that there's a bigger lesson that maybe we didn't expect. And so that needs to be in the tease instead of what we initially thought it might be. Hmm. Okay, so one last question. And this would be in Love of Quilting TV. I almost called it LOQ because that's what we call it here in the (laughs) office. But uh, we... They send in the readers send in tips and you have all of these great tips that you turn into the segment at the end of the show. Is there one that sticks out in your mind that was a favorite or is that, you know, do you enjoy doing that segment? Are there things that you still learn? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. We love the tips. Yeah. I, I really love it. Um, when they send in a photo of like, um, there was one that it was like a grandchild laying on a, on a quilt. And that was how she like cut the strips to length. It was, you know, Susie's length is how she cut it to length. (laughs) And you just needed a Susie of your own. And I don't know, stuff like that. I just, it tickles me. Here's a tip. Send a picture of your grandkid with your tip (laughs) and we will read your tip. Right, right, right. <laughs> For sure, especially it's if it's a cute grandkid. Yeah, it's too cute kid and a funny oh story. Oh, too cute. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I, it shocks me how many tips we get. Because, yeah. I mean, there are bins and bins, bins each and bins. season. And Vanessa goes through all of them. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes that, I lean. That, for me, is one of the things that goes by in a blur. I don't remember all the tips because we read them so fast and go from one thing to the next. Um, Friday afternoon, the last day, we tape all of the tip segments one after one after one after one. Um, so that's one of the things that I tend to forget. You mentioned that earlier. <laughs> well, in each of the episodes, so there's 13 episodes, has a different tip time, segment time, based on how long the show ran. So we go through and this one might be a minute 54. This one might be a minute 12. This one might be two twenty-two, And so we have to like have enough tips beside us to fill that time Watch the time. And as it gets down to about 20 seconds to go, then we do the close close and wrap it up. And sometimes we hit it and sometimes we don't. (laughs) And sometimes something happens and we have to start over again. And really the hardest part too is you're reading those tips and you want to honor the person by pronouncing their name and their town correctly. (laughs) And (laughs) it is so far and above my head sometimes to read. And, And thankfully some people do 
uh, phonetic spelling and they'll like help us yeah. genius yeah, right. pronounce their town. But mm-hmm. even so, I know I get them wrong and I'm just so, let me just say, I'm sorry. I was say, we apologize sorry. for anybody sorry. that we've messed up your names <laughs> your time. We're trying our best, I swear. <laughs> Coming Gee. from a gal whose name is always screwed up. I yeah. apologize. <laughs> right. So do you usually get through all of the tips or there's sometimes leftovers that you don't hit? There'll be leftovers usually. I, I said I wasn't going to ask you another question and then That's I okay. did. Yeah. yeah. I'll have people come in and say, you didn't read my tip. And I'm like, well, maybe next season. It's still in the pile. Yeah, it is. It's still in the pile. <laughs> it's kind of like romper room where they used to, you know, call out the names, I think. Yeah. yeah. So people yeah. want their tip red. Thank for sure. You. I love it. We yeah. understand. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm yeah. I'm kind of excited to be out of the office and in a new location in Denver. And, and this, this is, is a really fabulous location. Yeah, it's very cool. Mm-hmm. I guess we should say real quick that we're at the Slate, which is an old Denver public school building that was turned into a hotel. It's really yeah. neat. Yeah, it's very cool. Check it out if you come to Denver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love it. All right. So since we're in front of a live audience, we decided we would have some Q&A from the audience. And we have a question. Can you tell us your name and where you're coming from? My name is Kathleen Laver, and I'm from Oregon, visiting here in Denver. And my question for you is, we were talking about tips. Do you get more of the same tip? Do you get duplicates of those tips? We do. And sometimes... um Hannah, when she puts it together for us, will actually write on there, this tip came from two people. And so we can read off two names. But yeah, we do get duplicates sometimes. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Any other questions? Come on up. My name is Joan Seidenstecker, and I'm visiting from Idaho. I was wondering when you're doing the prep for your show on all your quilts, do you girls have to do all the cutting and sewing or do you have helpers? That's a yeah. good question. I, I am fortunate enough that I do have um, a woman who helps me. Her name is Melanie Peterson, and she is incredibly talented. And so she will help me prep certain shows, help me do the step outs for certain shows. So if you think about, you know, if you're going to do a cooking show and it's roasting a turkey, well, you need the turkey, you know, cleaned. And then you need the turkey, like, you know, with the stuffing in it. And then you need the turkey cooked. And so that you can swap all those out as you record the show. And so she'll do all of those little steps for me um, so that I'm more prepared when I get to the show. But I always try beforehand to to do like a table runner or something out of those blocks so that I'm familiar enough with all those techniques that I feel, you know, fluent to teach them well. I, on the other hand, am a one-man show. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm exhausted by the time we show up for taping. (laughs) But I do have helpers uh, for my quilting. And if I'm in dire straits, I've got a couple people I can ask for help. But mostly I do my own. Thank you. Yeah. I have a follow-up question. Mm-hmm. And you can come up. Um, I have a follow-up question to that one, which is what about bindings? How, how do you handle bindings? Uh, because you're making all of these quilts. Are you finishing them? Are you... <laughs> Are you doing a trick? Sarah, Sarah, tell us about your binding. (laughs) Sarah. Sarah. Um, Yes. So there are times that I am fusing my binding on in my hotel room with Steam Esteem Quarter Inch Sponsor. Love your products. Thank you. Don't ever stop. And so I fuse my bindings on uh, the second half until I can get home and stitch them. Or if I do have the time, I sew mine all on by machine. I'm not a hand binder. I love to use all my fun stitches for that so 
Yep. My next challenge, now that I've finally gotten to where I've got my bindings on most of the time, is to actually get a hanging sleeve on. And then maybe a label. Oh, that's Ooh. a trick. Ooh. Label. Ooh. Yeah. Those are all good things. <laughs> My name is Jill Curran. I'm from Tucson, Arizona. Um, how do you guys decide what kind of projects to um, use for the show? Good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the staff for the um, the magazine puts out a call for submissions, and there'll be some kind of theme for each episode, each edition of the magazine. And then we submit. And if our submission is accepted, then generally that's going to be a quilt for the show. So we kind of follow the editorial staff's calendar. One thing, it spreads out the love so that we're not doing, you know, five quilts in one month to get it ready for the show. Um, But it also kind of lets the editorial staff write the patterns and not have those five quilts show up on the doorstep at once. So it's very much a collaborative effort where they give out a a word and you kind of build a quilt around that word and... um, you then make sure that that quilt can be taught in 22 minutes and that it has enough meat, enough lessons in it to go for 22 minutes. Um, and then sometimes they pick a quilt that has already been that's in a magazine that's not my quilt, and it's beautiful, and I get to show how to make it. And a lot of times, like that spurs me to think of something I can take that technique that's in that quilt and then do something and spin it off and do something completely you know, different. Yeah, and I know that for me, because sometimes I have a hard time keeping the deadlines for the submissions, um, they're really kind about, if I just have an idea for a block I've been wanting to play with and I have time, I'll sit in EQ and play with it and send it in. And sometimes they'll be like, yeah, actually, we can work that into such and such issue, but maybe you could make it a quilt of valor, or maybe you could make it a different color palette for us. And they help us come up with those choices. Yeah, it's definitely not us just deciding. There's right. a whole team of people who who help make the show you know, fill it out and make it meaty and interesting. So it's not just us for sure. And do you get the the calls early? Um, you know, like for the year, do you get them ahead of time so that you can plan? Well, sure, but that doesn't mean we plan. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. You're yeah. busy women. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Well, and I don't know. There's something about a deadline that makes me go, ah, and then I, you know, do it. Same. And I, I actually struggle with the themes a little bit. You'd think that that would help spark ideas, but I think sometimes when I see a theme, I end up overthinking it and then struggling. So, yeah, it's it's kind of a fun process. <laughs> I, yeah, I sometimes I feel like I'm on a game show, yeah. you know, where it's mm-hmm. like, Make a quilt that says kitchen to you. (laughs) I'm like, you know, and it's due in two days. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what says kitchen to me. So it can be a lot of pressure. You knocked it out of the park with the home theme, though. The home theme. What did I do for the home theme? (laughs) The breeze, the bluegrass breeze. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But they renamed it. They renamed it to, um, so, so sometimes we come up with names for the quilts and, uh, I come up a lot of times with like a ridiculous name because I'm not very good at naming quilts. Um, so there was a, a honeybee quilt that I submitted, all honeybee fabrics. And so I called the quilt, um, I've Got Hives. And <laughs> just just because I knew that big brains of the editorial staff would all start laughing, you know. And I so think I was, sometimes she's trying to see what she can get away with, too. Yeah. You just then, made me guffaw with that one. And, okay. the, and the staff was like, yeah, no, Angela, we're not doing that. So it was all about the buzz. See? Yeah. You you would 
I, I would I would let you do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not the well, editor and, of L.O.Q. So, <laughs> so Bluegrass uh, Breeze was for home because it had pinwheels. And my kids are all um, just kind of in all different parts of the country anymore. And so my hope is what, what means home to me is a home filled with the laughter of my kids. And that doesn't happen very often anymore. It happens like at holidays, but that's really it. And so my hope is that the bluegrass breeze of my state will bring my children back to So I called it bluegrass breeze, and but it wasn't blue, and it wasn't super breezy. So it became bluegrass jamboree, which is fine. Which was perfect. Yeah. It can be bluegrass breeze to you. That's yes. right. That's what we call it. Mm-hmm. And I've got hives. <laughs> and she's and got I've hives. got hives. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Any other questions? Hi, I'm Rosa Miller, and I'm from Milford, Ohio. And I just want to say a huge thank you to you two for coming and doing this. It's been so much fun. And I've already learned so much stuff. And I just, uh, I didn't, do you guys do this? Have you done this before? This is the first time we've taught together. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Have you done the Quilt Escapes? I, I, like this is the first one all together. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, first how one. lucky are we to be like the yeah. inaugural inaugural crew? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I suggest that you do it again because oh, so far you. it's been awesome. Good, good. Thanks for, Thank thanks you. for coming. Yes, yes, thanks for coming. That just warms you all yeah. up on yeah. the inside, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, thank you both for taking time out of your busy teaching schedule to sit down and talk with me. This has been so much fun and it's so great to see you both. Yeah, good to see you, Tracy. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer.